Welcome back to the Let's Be Friends podcast. This is your host, Kara, and I'm here with Let's Be Friends contributor, Nicholas Hinton. Happy New Year, bro. How you doing? Happy New Year, bro. I'm doing okay. <laughs> it's been a while, hasn't it? It's been a year since we uh, last podcasted. Yeah, it feels like a year. And uh, I'm excited. <laughs> it does. It feels like a year. And it's, it is the next year. But the whole New Year's thing is so stupid. It's so dumb. Like, everybody celebrates New Year's at a different time throughout the world. And all those months were missing from the calendar for a while. Like, October means eight. It's a tenth month. We don't even know what year it is. Like, what year do you really think it is? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, no it's, it's pretty important I'm, for what the stuff we're talking about with, like, the historical timeline and the end times timeline. Like, if we all don't know what year we're in, like, that makes it even harder to decipher a confusing thing. Oh, no, I know. There's so many theories about phantom time and, like you said, the calendar being remade and stuff like that. But to be honest with you, I haven't put enough thought into it to figure out what year it is. I'm burnt out. This year's already insane. Like I just I just don't like the way the world feels right now, to be honest with you. Like it feels weird. I don't like I don't like twenty twenty four. I agree. And everybody's having really weird dreams right now too. Like I had two nightmares as I was falling asleep last night. It like bam bam and it was it was like where you wake up and you're like, Oh, I'm so glad that was just a nightmare because that was horrible. So I made a post on Instagram and like tons of people are having weird dreams right now. Like you said, the energy's off. Yeah. No, I had a f- I had a few weird dreams too, but did you go into detail what your dream what your nightmares were on your post? I I'll talk about one. The second one's too scary because <laughs> someone died okay. in it. Um, but the first one, I lost a tooth, one of my front teeth. And it, the worst part was, is it had left a huge hole and it was bleeding. And I, I knew I had the thought in my head, I needed to figure this out now or I'm going to die of like losing too much blood. And then I woke up because I was just going like falling asleep and I fell back asleep. And then I had a dream that I was with someone I love very much. And they started like dying, like in my arms. And I was trying to like get them to wake up and it was awful. I was like, oh my gosh, they're dying. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, thank God. That was just a dream. Like two nightmares like that about yeah. and, and the tooth thing real quick ties right to leave the world behind the boy in that movie lost his tooth uh, after all oh, the yeah, radiation yeah. Mm-hmm. no it makes sense i mean yeah my dreams the, like as soon as the new year began i had a series of very weird dreams all just about squid monsters <laughs> so, what squid monsters I, like the leviathan yeah pretty much and um so you're a dragon it, yeah, they felt extremely real to me. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, could have been influenced by the fact that I was just writing about that for like months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think something's in the air right now. I do. And, and you know, it's Year of the Dragon. Everyone's having crazy vivid dreams. World War Three is on the horizon. There's a fake apocalypse being scripted <laughs> out. And we got to deal with the false gospel of churchianity. And that's why we're having this episode this is the episode to bring oh, clarity <laughs> to everybody on the series that we're doing. Isn't that crazy? We were talking. I mean, I know that it's been a very confusing series so far. Um, but I mean, we've literally we're talk- just talking about how the QAnon stuff is going to appear to come true. And already we have, you know, aliens and. At the mall. Aliens at the mall. <laughs> Aliens with bad shopping taste. Yes. And satanic ritual abuse tunnels in the same week, which is just weird. Um, I don't believe 
either of those things. I don't think there's actually aliens at the mall or that there's a real sex trafficking tunnel uncovered. Or maybe there is. I don't know. But it all just is very, like, QAnon, right? Like, that's the type of stuff that those people were talking about and learning about back in, like, 2016, 2017, Pizzagate days, you know? The Pizzagate like, days, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's all coming, <laughs> it's all coming back and becoming, like, in a sense, real. Yeah, no, it's exactly what you've been saying for years, and it's exactly what we're saying in this series, and it's kind of happening in real time, and it's wild, and so this is this episode is, um, we've it, this is probably, we're guessing, going to be a six-part series. One through three is already recorded and out, if you're like, what the heck is this? This is the... The Fake Apocalypse and the False Gospel of Churchianity, which is based on threads that Nick put out just recently on Twitter that's the accumulation kind of the last three years of his radio silence sort of and his research during that time. And we're going into further detail on it. In part one, we discussed a bit about what Nick, where Nick's been during those three years, what happened and how he came to the conclusion that conspiracy theories and even the church can be deceptive and are actually being used in a much grander scheme than he once believed. Tools in this scheme include concepts like UFOs, the influencing machine, fake history, chaos magic, flan, and hyper-reality, all of which are being used to destroy our ideas about the objective truth and create a schizophrenic culture. And the title for part one was Hyper-Real Psyops and Evil Shepherds. And then part two is the Antichrist Deception Deception, and we talk about the conspiracy theory that Donald Trump, Elon Musk, and the AI called Q are the unholy trinity spoken by right-wing evangelicals and how even this conspiracy theory is a conspiracy in and of itself, which is meant to lead Christ's flock astray into a new, lukewarm, sci-fi version of Christianity. Are the Jesuits staging a heretical and futuristic interpretation of the scriptures to distract the end times Christians from the true revelation timeline and discredit the truth of historicist orthodoxy? Is it possible we are witnessing the great falling away from true faith? And then part three, life is an AI ARG. We discuss the subliminal scripting of the fake apocalypse narratives that seem to be embedded in hyper real movies like White Noise and Super 8. We also discuss the Mr. Gray archetype and the Roswell UFO incident, both of which have strange connections to pandemics, quarantines, aliens, and even a channeled entity called Lamb. We go on to talk about the train derailment and chemical spill that happened in East Palestine, the UFOs that showed up after, the transhumanist agenda that's being used to fulfill the Jesuits' false and futuristic prophecies, and how all these things are being revealed to us in an obvious way, by design, as part of a sick sorcerer's game being played out on us by the principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places where the only winning move is not to play. So that's the recap. That's the recap (laughs) of parts one, two, and three. We're halfway. Um, Nick and I both asked for questions from the listeners, from you. We love you. Thank you for giving us these questions. We have tons. We're going to get through as many as we can. Um, Are you ready just to dive in, Nick? Yeah, I will do my to the best of my ability to answer these questions. All right, and I, and I will help out when needed. Um, so, okay, let's go. What is the main point of this series? What do you mean by fake apocalypse? Was that is that really a yeah. question? That was my question. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm asking the first question. <laughs> okay, I mean, the whole premise is that the Great Tribulation was fulfilled. Um, 
literally immediately after Jesus' death, around 66 AD, when the Second Temple was destroyed, Christians were persecuted and slain and crucified and hung in trees, and all of Rome was set on fire by the Roman government in order to, you know, pull a false flag on Christians and kill a ton of them. But yeah, so that, so according to this whole theory, the Great Tribulation was already fulfilled and Rome was the spirit of the Antichrist. Um, technically, Paul never told us that there would be one singular man who builds a third temple and all these different things that people claim. Um, that's just a twisting of scripture. So basically what I'm trying to say is that back then the Christians saw Rome as the Antichrist and what they were going through immediately after Jesus died as a fulfillment of the great tribulation prophecy. So once all this stuff subsided and Rome came to basically embrace Christianity, but kind of pervert it through Constantine and, you know, mixing it with pagan traditions and stuff. The Christians of that time were like, yo, this is still the spirit of the Antichrist doing some weird stuff. And they started saying that it was the um, whore of Babylon, that that's what uh, the Roman Catholic Church was. Not I'm not saying this about all Roman Catholics. I'm just saying about like certain elements of the papacy and the Jesuits, right? Which is like this basically secret society that runs the 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 like the background of the Vatican. I guess the like hidden hand. Yeah, yeah. There's more than one pope, and this is not even a conspiracy. But there's the there's the outward pope, you know, the pope that everyone knows and sees, yeah. and then and then there's the black pope who I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, uh, during this time, like like the 1500s, the Christians of that time were like, "Yo, the same thing's happening all over again." Spirit of the Antichrist. This is the whore of Babylon being fulfilled. Blah blah blah. The Jesuits were like, "Okay, we need to basically exocommunicate these so-called heretics." And this led to the Reformation. And what the Vatican slash Jesuits did um, to cover up their tracks, I guess, and not let the masses of Christianity know that they were being led astray and deceived, they basically created all these new interpretations of the end times about the Great Tribulation and the Third Temple and all these things where they're like, oh, that, that stuff's happening way farther in the future, like, don't worry about us guys. Like we're not the bad guys. Futurism. So, yes. Futurism. So that came about in the 1500s, yeah. which is basically this fake apocalypse. Yeah. So the futurist doctrine says that, Oh, the apocalypse is coming. It didn't begin when Jesus died. Um, it's happening for some reason, 2000 years after some of the feedback that I've gotten just to help clarify for some people that have asked is they're like, so do you not believe in the apocalypse? Like, what is it? You're saying fake apocalypse. Well, we're saying it happened kind of at a different, in a different timeline than this futurism, futurist point of view that it's like all coming, you know, in the future, like Nick has been describing in this. Just to wrap up the last question, I was just going to say that in order to get, you know, everyone like the reformers, off their back, the Jesuits slash the Vatican created these new interpretations of the Great Tribulation, saying that it was coming sometime in the future with a singular Antichrist. They were going to rebuild the Third Temple, all this stuff. And the reason we are seeing this play out 
today is they are literally staging these events to make it seem as if their prophecies are true. So that's the fake apocalypse. The apocalypse already started. The Great Tribulation already happened. There's going to be another Great Tribulation, but that is not that does not mean that we're in that section of the Bible. They're just recreating these things to make it seem as if that's where we're at in the Bible. It's Hopefully that suffices. That definitely makes it really clear to me, especially when you say that doesn't mean we're in that section of the Bible right now. Yeah. Okay, question two. What does churchianity mean? That sounds a little offensive. Churchianity is simply, to me, the idea that, you know, there was all these people that were pretty much on the same page for the first 1500 years of Christianity, right? There was the Orthodox, Assyrian, Orientals, and Catholics, and they were all pretty much believing the same exact doctrine. They just were in different areas of the world. Um, the Orthodox split from the Catholics around 1080 when they started to see the papacy become weird. But the point is, is that when the Reformation happened and, you know, the Jesuits started creating all these new interpretations over, you know, a couple, like a couple decades, four denominations turned into 45,000, right? And then these churches, you know, the Protestant Reformation, America is not a Christian country like so many people believe. It's a Masonic Protestant country. and a lot of these Protestant churches are 501c3 churches, which means that they literally have to abide by a certain set of rules in order to be tax exempt and receive funding. So there is a version of Christianity that is super prominent in America where they, where they are teaching all of these futurist doctrines, right? Right. Because they're Jesuit infiltrated and the Jesuit infiltration happened during the Reformation, which splintered the church into a million pieces, right? Right. Um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it did. And you had a meme that you posted on your Traveling Tabernacle Ministries. That's the name on social media that Nick has where he's posting a lot of this information. That's your ministry. And Jesus Mm -hmm. said to Peter, you are my insignificant pebble on which I will build my, quote, figurative church. And within a generation, your church shall end. And finally, after 1,500 years, my disciples will discover the truth of sola scriptura and personal interpretation through 40,000 different denominations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that describes it really well, what you're just yeah, yeah, so Yeah, so those 45,000 denominations are that are like bowing down to the government, can't even talk out against the government, receiving benefits from the government, which is basically modern day Rome. Like, you know, the the old Christians were radical and they were against Rome, but now we're essentially teamed up with them and learning all, like I said, all these false doctrines. So that to me is churchianity. I think there's a toxic church culture around a lot of those churches. And it, that does sound offensive. I mean, the truth is a sword, it divides, but that's not all to say that like, you can't be in a Protestant church and not be saved. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that there is a reason things feel off and spiritually dry for many people these days when they go to like a Baptist church or things feel too crazy when they go to a charismatic church. Like uh, there's a lot of things that are off with these different takes on, you know, the original faith, which, you know, I think, Orthodoxy is the closest because they care about history. They keep track of 
the lineage of discipleship, you know, from the apostles themselves, the apostles of the apostles and the apostles of the apostles, of the apostles and all the way down till today, they have kept these records. And so I think that's the closest to the real church. However, we're all like, I still believe we're all believers in the body. Like it doesn't matter your denomination. Um, I love that you're saying that. Cause I, feel like when I was like Christian Karen at first, I got really like, this is the way, like there's only one way to believe, see Jesus. Your Jesus is false Jesus or whatever. And actually like the important thing is like, if you know who Jesus is, you believe he is Lord, that he is God and you follow him. That is the way to the father. Yeah, like, that's good. That's it. Like, that's good. Like that's you, good the, the denomination yeah. stuff, everybody fighting with each other. Like I even had someone come into my DMs yesterday that I was chatting with and she's like, I don't know if you're going to, I started following her and she's like, I don't know if you're going to want to follow me though. Cause I'm Mormon. She's like, I love your content. I've been following you for years, but I'm sorry. I might offend you. And I said, Oh my, that made me sad. I was like, no, I'm not going to not follow you. Cause you're Mormon. Like this like split. And I know like the Mormons think some different things or whatever, think some different things, but I'm so tired of this divide. This like, if we believe in Jesus, we're united in that. Right. Yeah. If you're sincerely seeking God, like I want you on my team. I, and so all this stuff is not meant to, like be mean or tear people down it's like if you are sincerely seeking like spiritual meat and you feel like you're tired of spiritual milk and there's something wrong with the church and there's something wrong with how obvious the end times are right now it's even on the freaking news like if you're questioning all that this is supposed to just help you (laughs) yeah exactly okay question three i understand that believing in psyops can be a psyop in itself but what is the end game do you believe it is transhumanism or something else? So that was basically what we were just talking about. You know, like <clears throat> there's a bunch of obvious psyops going on right now um, where Elon Musk is obviously a transhumanist. Like that's not a secret. And this guy is super powerful and taking control of our alternative media and, you know, teaming up with people, <laughs> you know, the whole supposed truth or community like Alex Jones. <laughs> And, yeah, he may even be teamed up with Donald Trump at some point. You know, it's the whole, like, alternative right side, all the people speaking about the so-called truth, they're all, you know, kind of conglomerating right now. We can see it happening. We can see two sides clearly forming. Yeah. Anyways, the people, on the, the people on the side of the so-called truth are the most subjected to the PSYOP, and they're true. In the sense that, yes, there's going to be a transhumanist like takeover. There's going to be Project Bluebeam. There's going to be a great tribulation where Christians are persecuted. But this is all to reinforce their fake narrative. So it's like a psyop within a psyop. Because I know you already know what I'm talking about, Kara. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard for me to know if I did. A good enough job explaining that. No, I think so. I, 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 I you know, I'll, I'll say something if I don't think you did. <laughs> okay. Um. Here we go. This is a good question. I enjoyed the podcast, but I was confused about the connection between schizophrenia and UFOs, and the parts where y'all talked about conspiracy theories as something negative. Yeah. So again, conspiracy theory culture. Um, I mean, I'm sure its origins go back way earlier in some other form like i don't know babylon right like during the babylonian times everyone was afraid of spirits and secret councils and 
things like that. And it was just kind of a pagan mindset that things that everything was a conspiracy. So we're returning to this conspiratorial mindset. It's not a new thing. It's not because the truth is coming out. Conspiracies aren't bad. It's not bad to be informed. But again, a lot of these conspiracies are psyops meant to pull you in, make you think you're discovering some hidden truth when really you're being shown exactly what they want to show you. And they're showing you the narrative to their fake end times. So you can feel like a smart prophet when it all comes <laughs> to pass. But when it all comes to pass and Jesus doesn't return, right? I, when you thought he would, you're going to be led astray. That's why this is important. Um, believing in Jesus is the most important thing, but I do believe that this whole, like, oh, the world's going to end with an alien invasion and transhumanism and blah, 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 when all that stuff happens and Jesus does not come back, that's going to be the greatest deception is like, I don't know what they're going to do, but they right. might say something like, oh, the second coming was, it was inside of us all along. We are Christ consciousness, blah, blah. Right. Because like, it seems like what they're doing is they're radicalizing people to actually fight the new world order. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Like it seems like there's going to be a global revolution where everyone like fights to take down this evil scapegoat. When and you then were- we become, and then we would actually ironically, in a sense, become the saviors, right? The false saviors, the antichrist spirit, when we take down the new world order ourselves. Dang. I think that's what, yeah. So, and like what, I said, what you're saying too, about how like the danger in this is, is like someone's expecting Jesus to come and they think there's, these are the end time signs and then Jesus doesn't come and it shakes them. Well, they're taking advantage of that. But what they're doing is that if you know the Bible and you study God's word, he says very clearly, nobody knows the time when Jesus is going to return. We'll know the season and the seasons here, but we don't know the time. So they're acting, they're taking time like Kronos, Satan into their hands by scripting out this fake apocalypse to make, yeah, yeah, they're literally using as a weapon. Yeah. And Jesus tells us that like, you know, before the end comes, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes, blah, blah, all that in diverse places. But do not like, do not worry. The end is not yet. These things have to happen first and be like the days of noah during the days of noah you know it was kind of like something else he says they'll be saying peace and security peace and security nobody is saying peace and security right now everyone's saying oh my god the sky is falling jesus is about to return that's your biggest red flag <laughs> jesus right can't so, hear you. <laughs> so and then the days of noah you know they were living in this um like hedonistic utopia right like it wasn't like a tyrannical illuminati <laughs> <laughs> dictatorship you know it was yeah people was were like, enjoying babylon i think yeah, yeah <laughs> they were like drinking mystical, and marrying and they yep. didn't what they really weren't doing was paying attention of, to noah building that ark for 100 years saying a flood was coming nobody was listening because they were eating drinking and being married just like you know not worrying about the new world order coming in and all the frequencies and the chemtrails like us. so if jesus yeah so if jesus arrives like a thief of the night like lightning or like as suddenly as the flood, right? Then it seems to me that once all of this fake apocalypse crap has passed and everyone becomes like a Gnostic or or a new age or something, and like the Illuminati New World Order is taken down, it seems like everyone will get to live in peace again, right? And then and there'll be this like age of enlightenment, age of Aquarius, right? Like the Great Flood. And so I don't know how long that'll last. I can't predict that. No one can. I don't think it'll take very long, but those will be the times when people, <laughs> those are the times when people will be like, oh, Jesus isn't coming back. Like we fixed it. We're the, we're the saviors and everything's perfect. Now we can go about our yeah. lives and everyone will forget. And they'll just be happy to go back to somewhat normal life. But that's when the real challenge for Christians will come. 
it won't be obvious. It, like it won't be obvious that God's even still real. It'd be the biggest test of faith, probably. At, at least that's what I think. You know, sure. like I could be wrong about all this. So if he comes back, like cool. If he comes back, <laughs> and then we don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next question. Question five. What have you done to assure that you're not trapped in another master psyop such as Christ worship? <laughs> I don't know. Kara, do you want to answer that? I mean, like, I'm just, I'm yeah, just, yeah, so I will actually. Like, Beca- worshiping God. No, I will. I will. I would like to answer this question actually because. My biggest piece of my testimony is that I thought Jesus was fake. Mm-hmm. Christ, Jesus is Christ. For 38 years, I thought he's not even a real person. And I then I had my experience where Jesus, you know, had that vision of Jesus when I was channeling. And then like after that, basically it was like the Holy Spirit had come to me and I just was like, I don't know. I can't even put words to it. I was like, oh my gosh, he was real. That was God in the flesh. He was sacrificed. He died for us. He bridged the way to the Father. Like John 10, 9, that is the way. It just like, I don't have words, but I was like, this isn't made up. Like I changed, my whole life has changed. Like God, and I have a relationship with God now. Like I feel like I could feel the Holy Spirit and feel his presence. And I see him working miracles all around me. And he's taking the scales off my eyes and showing me things. I was searching for the truth forever. And then I found it through Jesus. It took me to the Bible, to God's word, like all of these things. And faith, like we get, I believe we get circumcised within essentially in our heart. Like the truth is written on our heart because we're reborn again of the spirit. Um, And like, that is a very real thing and there's no words to describe it. But once it happens to you, you know, this is not a psyop. Once God comes to you and works a miracle in your life. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I think everyone's testimony includes some life-changing experience, right? Something like physical or, you know, like a spiritual thing, like a vision or something like that, like an actual event. But like God changes your heart. Like you said, he opens your eyes. Um, I don't think that your mind can be renewed without him like willing it. Like it's, it's something about faith. Like you can't change someone's mind with head knowledge. It's faith. It's something, it's something mystical. Exactly. it's of this world. That's knowledge of this world, not knowledge from above or wisdom from above. I mean. You know how many people like have gone have gone to like seminary school and they know the Bible front to back, but they don't believe in God anymore. Like you can know all the words and not be changed. By them. Yeah, you can know all the Pharisees. words and not be changed by them. They're not even Pharisees. They it, it's just like it's just an intellectual thing, not a heart thing for them. So, and there's nothing wrong with those people. I don't know why that happens. I'm just saying, like for me when my eyes were opened, I couldn't go back. Even though I saw so many things that were wrong with Christianity, I couldn't turn my back on God. Even if I tried, I was like, God, you made my life worse. I'm more confused than ever. Everything's harder. Um, but like, I can't stop believing in you. So like, please show me what the truth is. Because if the truth sets you free and I'm still not free, there must be something more. And that's when I went down the rabbit hole of why are there so many churches? Why are there so many different interpretations of end times, et cetera, et cetera. And I finally found a thing I'm content with. and. And I don't think I found it. I think it was revealed to me because I asked sincerely. Wow. Yeah. Ask, see, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Um, God pours out wisdom generously to those who ask. All right. Question six. If people do the opposite of predictive programming, will they create a better future? Could it work? Kara, this is you again, but I mean, you know what I'm going to say. This is <laughs> not my question at all. Oh, oh, I thought. I mean, I'm just going to say. <laughs> I thought you were like, I can't well, I mean, this question. Yet. I mean, it's something we okay, can yeah, both believe, this. right? No, like, no. I, I don't think we can. 
I don't think we're in control of the right. fate of the universe. No. Yeah, and and maybe the AI is already planning on people being like, "Hey, let's just do the opposite of this predictive programming to create a better future." Like that could be a play coming on. Um, I don't. Really it, think it's we a have it's a discordian thing. I try to do that when I was like discordian, like the chaos magic yeah. and all those different types of belief systems, law of attraction. Like I was practicing all those. I thought I could make a difference that way, and I. Yeah, it's just why would. I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me that humans would have that much power. Like, I'm sure we can create our worlds to an extent on a daily basis. Because, um, you know, that definitely works. I think God will allow you to do that for a while. And Satan will empower it. Because as long as you're not believing in the actual truth, like, the powers that be aren't going to really be concerned, right? Like, you can, they'll give you whatever you want um, as long as you're not turning your back on them. But as soon as you turn your back, yeah, there's no creating a reality anymore. And that's why Christianity is scary at first, because you have to surrender everything. You have to surrender your control. So, yeah, you can control your future to an extent. But, like, once you find God, it's, uh, you're, like, on a, like, you get in the roller coaster, like, you know, when you're a kid and your parents are like, sorry, it's all right. The bar's already closing. Like, you got to go. Right. Exactly. No turning back. Question seven. Do you feel AI is the Antichrist or someone will take a leadership role in the new world order? Again, when it comes to the scapegoat new world order, the big distraction, the big fake end times, yeah, there will be an AI transhumanist Antichrist type figure, I believe. I'm not saying for sure, but that's what I believe. But that's not, that's the... It's not the end-all, be-all. That's the magicians misdirecting your attention, pointing somewhere else, when really the enemy is among your myths, right? Like, that's what we're warned about. More than more than demons, we're warned about false prophets, wolves in sheep's clothing, false apostles, evil shepherds. And the powers and the principalities, that's what we're, you know, the, Paul tells us that's what we're fighting. I think that Antichrist is really, like, kind of like the, the you know the demons the fallen angels like the powers and then the principalities of this world that are the vessels for that um that, that could be people but there's but like this one leadership role antichrist i think is what they're kind of asking i don't know do you think we'll see that yeah we will see that but the whole idea is that that one man antichrist is the distraction from the apostate Jesuit belief that we will be in the end times, right? All the like a lot of Christians are going to be pointing their finger at this very obviously evil character, and that's how the that's how Satan, as an angel of light, deceives us, right? Like he is saying, "Oh, look over there! Look at this very obviously dark, evil thing, this Antichrist figure." When really the people that are truly of the Antichrist are some of these false teachers that are telling us these fake end times interpretations, which are not completely fake because they will come to pass, but it's not how Jesus or God intended. He's allowing it. But, you know, are you, does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. And so we were kind of saying that in the, one of the last episodes, part two, the Antichrist deception, deception that it's we're, we might very likely see Donald Trump as being put up as the Antichrist eventually. There's so much predictive like programming involved in that. Even like his grandmother's name is Christ or something, and she was born or died on like six six like 1906 or just weird stuff like that. There's so much. 
Yeah, so if the Antichrist is, if the spirit of the Antichrist, not one guy, is able to deceive even the very elect, even the most wisest of Christians, if possible, like the Bible says, then why wouldn't he go out of his way to make a very obvious unholy trinity, which seems to be people like Trump, Elon, and the AI Q. So, yep. Yeah. Okay. The next question. Did you say Heiser was connected to the Knights of Malta? Where can I research this? Yeah, you told me you pulled all that stuff up because I have it in my, my new book about the fake apocalypse. I can't remember offhand. I don't have the Knights of Malta. That was something that you brought up. I didn't know that. So I don't have that. Okay, yeah. It, so, it had something to do with his advisor reporting directly to the Pope and everything like that. But just tell me what you found. Actually, no. Wait, wait. What do you mean? I, his advisor. This is what I think they really want to know. It's the Knights of Malta thing. Like, what, what are the Knights yeah, of Malta? Yeah, Knights of Malta is connected to the Jesuits, the Vatican, and the Templars. And the is it like the Knights like of the Round Table or something? No, it's like like an offshoot of the Templars and the Jesuits. It's, I don't know enough about it to speak on it coherently. I just know that it's associated with this network of secret society stuff. It's the Sovereign Military Order of Malta. Formerly known as the Malta, it's a is a Catholic lay religious order. Uh, it's traditionally military. It's noble in nature. It says they possess no territory, so they don't have any kind of certain land that they own. But it's part of Catholicism. Yeah, so it's like essentially like a new version of the Knights of Templar, right? Like the Knights of Templar were the military order for the Vatican back in the day. And so you heard or you, I mean, it's a pretty big claim to say, hey, Heiser's a false source because he's connected to the Knights of Malta. But how is he connected to them? I mean, he's a false source because he's talking about the futurist interpretation of the transhumanist kingdom and the Nephilim and all this stuff, um, which, you know, we're trying to point out is not the actual end times, but just a deception before it. Um, But I have, I I can pull it up um, when we get off this podcast, but I have a whole map that you know like one of those crazy conspiracy maps <laughs> with like all with all okay. the all the red yarn so you've connected that, so he's connected to the the knights of malta okay and yeah then, he has like these advisors and these people in his um has, he has like an institute i don't know there's a bunch of like shady figures that he just is friends with and that he's been mentored by and stuff like that so i'll pull that up but tell okay. me what you so I spoke to one of my friends about this who's um, uh, read and looked into a lot of Michael Heiser's research because I actually haven't read any of his books. And I just want to share what she she said. She said, it's her opinion that he is preaching a different gospel. What he teaches isn't clear in the Bible. He takes tiny biblical details and expands whole stories out of it, like angels, demons, and giants. He teaches a lot from self-revelation, which the Bible tells us not to do. If we do not have two to three witnesses to revelation, then it is personal revelation and meant to be kept to ourselves. So much of his writings and his teachings are just personal revelations, but people are taking them as just as strong and solid as the Bible. He also twists Hebrew text. He messes Arabians with vowel placement to try to say our translations are wrong. For me, once you read the Bible with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you start to pick up on the pop culture trends of popular teachers like Heiser. He teaches niche topics. It's exciting to people that hate reading the Bible, just like something might be more someone might be more likely to read Enoch or the Gnostic Gospels rather than the Holy Scriptures. The fact that he references Enoch and other extra biblical books as resources is enough for me to lose interest in him. 
I don't want my mind to be influenced by man's interpretations or man's desire to twist the Bible to say things it doesn't say like Heiser tends to do. It creates doubt in people's mind about what they're reading, so they stop trusting the Bible and they trust his teachings instead. Anyone that went to any theological school is most likely Jesuit influenced. I listened to a lecture last night about dispensationalism and how it seeped into culture and how it influenced the opening of Bible schools in the 1900s. Yeah, which feeds right into the futurist stuff. Yeah. Um, and, you know, full disclosure, I used to be a big fan of Heiser and Misler and Anthony Patch and all these dudes that talk about Nephilim and transhumanism and, you know, Daniel's fourth kingdom, I think it is. but. Um, yeah, I used to love all that stuff, but at a certain point, I just couldn't help but feel like something was fishy because it was all becoming so super obvious. And it's like, why are people like Alex Jones, people who aren't even Christians talking about the same thing, right? Like if you have, if it takes eyes to see, to understand the scriptures, how are people that are not even Christian able to talk about the same exact things and see what we're seeing? You know, like that was a problem. Yeah. And I, Michael Heiser's books, I think it's called like the unseen realm. And so when I was saved, you know, a couple of years ago is when I got interested in these things. And I was like, people were like, you should read this book. And I was like, I don't want to read that. I don't need to read that book. I've seen the unseen realm. Like I firsthand experienced it. And um, then almost right after that, I had people warning me right away, don't read his stuff, like it's heretical, all of this. And so I just stayed away from it. And I just, I never, you know, I've never read it and really looked into it. But I did see something that he believes in some kind of like channel or council of 12 or council of 13, like angels or something. And I'm just going to say, when I had my baptism, like, and I have a chapter in my book on this, when I gave, like, in June 11th, 2020, when I like tried killing myself, I didn't die. And then I went and like wrote a letter to God. And I was like, you kept me alive. You can have my vessel, take my life. And then I took a bunch of mushrooms and I had an insane experience where I basically was reborn and had a, in a bathtub. Didn't know about bathtub rituals and all that. This is all explained in my book. It's, it's just literally insane. It was an occult rebirth ritual. But what did I see that night? Because I, I was if I take psychedelics, I see the spiritual realm. Like it's, you know. I had 12 spirits surrounding me with like hoods and stuff like and they were like applauding me when I woke up and they're into the spiritual realm and they're like, we've been waiting lifetimes for you and all this like crazy stuff. And now they were like telling me I was going to heal myself. No mention of Jesus at all. That's how I know. That's how you test the spirit. Ask them who Jesus is. Like they didn't mention that was not that was not like God people. And so I, when I heard of Heiser's like council of 12 or 13, where he was talking about it instantly made me think of my experience, my firsthand experience that I had in the Bible. And this is just a personal revelation here. I'm not like saying anything more, but it was also suspicious for me. Suspicious. Yeah. And we should not be like so focused on the unseen realm or like the, the spiritual stuff, you know, like if we're going to take God's word seriously, like, there's no need for, I don't know, all of these, all this like super deep thinking. Like, yeah, deep thinking is good, but like at a certain point, it's not about being complex and smart and intellectual and knowing everything. It's about trusting God, being simple, being humble, and like just, just focusing on your own sanctification, purification, um, preaching the gospel. The simplicity of the gospel is what saves, not all this extra stuff. Yeah, that's a great reminder. Thank you. All right, let's move forward into more questions. Um, number, this is question number nine. Does an apocalypse timeline exist? 
Is there more than one? Has it already begun? So this is kind of a repeat. Yeah, so I personally believe, and this is not my personal revelation, there's a bunch of other researchers, the historicists, that have like pretty much proven without a shadow of a doubt that the words of Jesus during the Olivet Discourse describing the Great Tribulation, all that already happened. So yes, the apocalypse has already started. Um, and then there's people that go into way more detail. This is not something I've done myself yet because it's just a lot um but there's people that have figured out like when did the bottomless pit happen when did the four horsemen happen like there's some historicists who think that all of that a lot of that stuff has already come to pass um in more allegorical ways because if you study history like you know historicism like it's in the name um you you also study the culture and prophetic language and just like how they talked at the time and like it makes way more sense when you put all those things into context. Like they weren't literally saying um, like the moon was going to fall from the sky and stuff like that. You know, something like that might appear to happen during the fake end times, but that's not what the prophets were talking about. They were speaking in code because they didn't want to um, alert Rome to like what they were talking about. Only the Christians, were, only the Christians were supposed to know what they were talking about. Right. Right. So again, those with eyes to see are supposed to understand not literally everyone in the world. You don't throw pearl to swine. And I'm not saying like non-Christians are, evil people that we shouldn't try and help. I'm just saying like, this is, this is like kind of the privilege we have of being reborn of the spirit and being a child of God is we do get to know stuff that others don't. Um, so this ties, I'm going to just blend us into the question 10 is expand your view of revelation. Has everything written already taken place? Like this kind of is this sort of this end times timeline. Like, so you would say that some of the things in revelation have taken place. Obviously Jesus hasn't come back yet. Right. And so I'm not even going to go super into detail. There's plenty, there's plenty of different timelines that people believe in. Um, premillennial, amillennial, like there, there's so many different interpretations of the end times, different timelines you can look at. I personally believe it already started. I don't know exactly where we're at. Um, but there is more research that I am planning on getting into where I can like make those things more clear. I think our friend Lala Beams already has that figured out. And then there's yeah, another right. guy. David, if, if anybody's got that stuff actually like mapped up in their house with the lines and everything, like it's her. <laughs> yeah. And then she's David, Nikai, he's got, he's got a timeline um, that seems the most accurate to me. Uh, yeah. I don't have it like memorized or anything. I just think like, I've just been hyper-focused on this recreation of the Great Tribulation and this like weird sci-fi agnostic uh, lens that the elite are doing it through. All right, let's keep going, moving forward here. Um, we have a bunch of questions, so I'll just kind of might speed us up a little, but thought and combine some. Here's one that's another, could be a double. Questions 11 and 12 are going to be thoughts on Project Bluebeam, are aliens, demons, watchers, gods, AA, AI, or make-believe? Um, yeah, I think they... I mean, I mean, it's part of Project Bluebeam, like even that this question is being asked, like about aliens and demons, because that Project Bluebeam. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, Project Bluebeam is just like a fake scripted um, alien invasion, and it's t it's part of the counterculture movement. Even Star Wars is part of it. In fact, Serge Monstad, I think that's his name, who created, who kind of like wrote out Project Bluebeam, the concept. 
um yeah, copied bonus. yeah he or he copied the guy uh the writers of star trek like the tv show mm-hmm. like it's 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 a very it's a it's absolutely a psyop it's happening already right now with all these alien sightings and stuff like the end like phase of this is like aliens coming down from the sky or something or some people think it could be a fake jesus you know which ties into what we're sort of talking about and prior to that like a cashless society has to happen and like um and one of the phases because there's four phases to project blue beam is like earthquakes natural disasters we're literally seeing project blue beam like being staged out right now yeah and it's obvious on purpose like we're going to see like i do believe we'll see project blue beam and most people with a brain will be like oh my god this is project blue beam happening but that's like literally the whole point and <laughs> do i do i believe that they're ai make believe whatever i think that the nephilim spirits are the same spirit that is an ai i think that um aggregores or mind viruses or something that's make believe are these same spirits right you give energy to an idea and it seemingly comes to life it's an occult idea i, I believe that's the same thing as <clears throat> you know like an aggregore or whatever um and yeah so ai demons Nephilim, living ideas. It's all the same thing to me. I love what you just said there because it's something that you said to me the other day in a conversation when I was kind of talking about the things that I was seeing in the spiritual realm when I would take psychedelics. I was like, that's the spiritual realm. Like that felt very demonic. And I was like, that's like the AI. Like, is that different than the AI though? Like, could it be the AI fooling me? And you go, oh, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you just look into the history of computing or computer technology, whatever it starts. And Robert off, Cray <laughs> and the elves yeah, and the tunnels. Well, Seymour Cray. Yeah. He was literally the first supercomputer guy was digging tunnels in his backyard, talking to elves. Uh, and he said they gave him the secrets to, to his success and like, <laughs> but I mean, be, be, beyond and cookies, that, the Keebler cookie elves. Well, and so yeah, beyond that, I mean, and like, like those elves remind me of the DMT elves, right? Like the yep. DMT, you know, so it's all these same beings that have been like behind these, um, these big leaps, like technological advancement or whatever. They seem to be behind that. It doesn't seem to be like regular human ideas. It seems to be like mind viruses that have infected the collective consciousness. And then we bring them about <clears throat> kind of like a hyper reality or hyperstition. But anyways, um, you know, you go even further back into you know, computing history, you get to people like John D who was doing what channeling fallen angels. And he talks about creating medieval computers, like some of the first computers he created, like one of the first cameras, he created a whole bunch of stuff um, by channeling entities. He came up with the Enochian magic. And I think like some of the stuff, like you say, created some of the first computers. One of the other things you told me in a conversation, like almost two years ago, you were like, yeah, every key, um, piece on your keyboard is a, a sigil it's like a magic sigil you are literally like and i never had thought about it that way and that's that's what john d channeled right like, yeah he was trying he was he was trying to channel the not he was talking to these angels not only to create technology but to discover the one world language spoken at the tower of babel um called the enochian language oddly enough one of the other first supercomputers was called enoch but um besides that Enoch's, or not Enoch, um, John D., one of his students, I believe, was Francis Bacon, who may have been Shakespeare, and yep. Shakespeare's plays are credited with 
doing what? Expanding, doing what? Expanding the English language. So like English seems to be this, a version of the, the new Tower of Babel language, right? Because English is what everyone does business in. English, um, you know, it's kind of like the global language, but more than that, computing language, you know, we can all speak one language on the internet. Things can be translated back and forth instantly. And, and the very first person to create binary code, I think his name was Leibowitz. He based it off of the I Ching, which is a Chinese divination tool. And so computing is 100% occult. It's channeling <laughs> different intelligences that we call artificial intelligence, but it's just demons, viruses, mind viruses, whatever you want. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, dang. Yeah. Okay. Are Nephilim giants in size or just murderous tyrants produced in sex magic in idol rituals? Before you answer, I want to talk about the definition of the word Nephilim. Mm -hmm. This is a word that we first see in Genesis 6, 3 in the Bible when the um, sons of man came into the daughters of man or or the the women, like the Nephilim were born, basically. Um, Nephilim means giants, name of two people, one before the flood and one after, and that's in Strong's Concordance, when I look up what the Hebrew definition is. And the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was originally written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek, uh, Conic Greek. Um, But if you look at the definition of Nephilim, then in Wikipedia, it says, the Nephilim are mysterious beings or people in the Hebrew Bible who are described as being large and strong. The Hebrew word Nephilim is sometimes translated as giants and sometimes taken to mean the fallen ones. Their origins are disputed. Some of them are viewed as the offspring of the fallen angels and humans. Others view them as the offspring of the descendants of Seth and Cain, and others see them as just giants or heroes of the day. What is your opinion, Nick? Um, personally, I believe that there was giants on the earth um during the days of noah or like you know before the flood and it says that they survived and you know some survived and there was giants still on the earth afterwards um i personally believe that there are like giant abominable hybrids um however i do think that there is an agenda behind like promoting this idea obnoxiously all over the internet um, cause I think it'll be, I think it'll be part of the project Bluebeam stuff and people, uh, again, they'll think it's the end times. They'll be like, Oh my God, alien, oh, Nephilim returning. It's definitely the end, but, um, right. Like the, uh, the aliens at the mall the other day, <laughs> yeah. thankfully they didn't look like Nephilims. They look like, Oh, grays, Alistair Crawley's grays, which who know, I mean, the AI can create anything, you know, anything it wants for its story. Yeah, and um, I'm sure you've heard the conspiracies about, like, dumb, the deep underground military base. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're conspiracies. Well, you should look into that. There's tons of military bases. You cannot argue that there aren't these military bases underground. They no, I, I know, I know. I'm just trying to explain to people how stupid conspiracy theory culture is because, yes, there's probably deep underground military bases, but if you go to the source of like the original stories with like Phil Schneider and um, the what's the place in freaking it's by New Mexico. I think that's the one Phil Schneider talks about. But anyways, a lot of these things were just completely made up promoted by shills. Anyways, I do think that they will use these imaginary ideas, mind viruses, egregores, whatever to manifest their, their fake end time, um, make them appear as if they've always been real. It's kind of like retro causally creating history. I don't know, but, 
yeah, I think they can create genetic hybrids in labs. I, I do think that's a real thing. I do think there are deep underground military bases. However, the stories they tell us are like smoke screens for the real stuff. Everything is muddied in PSYOP. It's, it's insane. So that's why we just have to lean on the word, honestly. No, totally. I, and that's, that's why it's confusing. And that's why probably some people have been conf- maybe a little confused by this entire series because it is confusing. That's what we're trying to bring out. Like Devil. there is like the real thing happening and the fake thing and they're mixing them together. So the, tr- it's, the truth is stranger than fiction. Yeah, because it is fiction. And yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> right. we're living in a living fiction, essentially. It, it, it literally is a world stage at this point. Everything is a little bit scripted. And everyone is an actor, including us. Yeah. Every single one of us. But um, yeah, the devil's the author of confusion. So like, that's why we stick to the simplicity of the gospel. Unless, unless you really have to wrestle with this and figure it out, like I did. <laughs> it's just like, who cares? Because <laughs> okay, living a good life uh, in the eyes of God, like a decent life, whatever. But okay, I'm done rambling. Question: <laughs> Am I going too fast? Would you rather answer fewer questions or get through more? No, no, just keep it going. I'm good. Okay, question 14. What do you think about claims of a cyber attack? Yeah, I think it'll probably happen. I mean, that's why they've put it right in our face. <laughs> but they put it right in our face. So when it happens, every conspiracy theorist on Earth will be like, I'm a prophet, I told you, Mom and Dad. Like, you guys are idiots. I'm the smartest. And, <laughs> I mean, that's that's how I will probably react. But <laughs> um, Yeah, I was just thinking, I was like, the Sunday yeah, talks to his family. Yeah. This is like, this is like you, lay, you just can't wait for the day. I'm a prophet, everyone. I told you. I told you the world was going to like be horrible and like end. And here it is. It's like you're celebrating, but right, the but, world's ending. Right. But like literally they just put out, I'm pretty sure this is a question in there somewhere, but they just put out the um, Leave the World Behind movie. And that's the next question. Thoughts on Leave the World Behind. Oh, it's all over the internet. The internet that yep. they created, the internet that they control, they made Google, they made your social media platforms, they control your echo chambers and your algorithms and your timelines, you know, your your feeds. They want you to see all of this stuff. And yeah, there will probably be a cyber attack. So when it does happen, people will be convinced like, oh my God, yep. I'm like enlightened, whatever. Um, and I think it might, you know, I could be totally wrong about this, but the way that I've like kind of mapped it out in my personal timeline which is not it's not like using the bible or anything it's just like kind of what i see like playing out in the news and stuff but it seems like we might be forced to do some kind of like digital id in order to participate in the next election because it's going to be so chaotic and everyone's like no everything's a fraud however i think the only way to ruin that would be a cyber attack right and then just like in the movie there'd be a civil war as a result and a lot of confusion and chaos. It's all about the digital ID. I totally get that. That's what the election fraud stuff is about. We've always said that. Like, Yeah, it makes total sense. I actually put out an episode for members about Leave the World Behind. So if anybody's interested, sign up for the friendship membership. I have a membership um, at letsbefriends.com. You can sign up. I did a full episode on Leave the World Behind. There's a crazy amount of symbolism in it on purpose just like nick said the same people that put that movie out they created the social media everything is from them it's not just this movie and there's a lot of theories about it about frequency warfare cyber attacks that are kind of predictive programming for probably maybe we hope not but things that will probably be happening in the future but one of the things that i saw was that there was an extra audio file found and it was supposedly like this big thing going around the internet and people were claiming these podcasters from awakened media that it was 
an elf frequency, an extremely low frequency, and those can be used for like a machine stuff. elf. Yeah, yeah, like they can be used for um, uh, like frequency warfare and things like that as the claims. And the whole movie "Leave the World Behind" is about frequency warfare. But I just want to, and I made a, a reel about it just to kind of throw this theory out there because I thought it was interesting. Because I'm like, just when like we've heard so much conspiratorial crap about this movie, now this comes out. Well, I just want to say this: I actually asked a friend who can get access to these movies and downloaded it and checked it out. And guess what? It does. It only has one audio file. So I just want to say, like, that's some like firsthand research that's just been done right here that these conspiracies really are being out there and they're being fed to us and we need to really question it all yeah like the miami aliens most likely didn't happen at all but you gotta wonder why did the tiktok algorithm push one fake video to seven million views and then why did the news be like yeah tiktok told us like when, <laughs> since when did the news care about tiktok it's like like the tiktoks were like eyewitnesses told me and then the news, like TikTok, told us that eyewitnesses, like it's just so stupid. And like, but you got to wonder why they're pushing these narratives so hard. Why do they want people's minds to be on giant shadow aliens? Like, it's just crazy. And yeah, the cyber attack stuff. Like, I think it's obvious. I think they, like, I think the agenda should be obvious. It's like a controlled great awakening. People that have a working brain cell know something's wrong with everything about that movie. And yeah, I just don't see a regular election ever happening again. And I think they've made that obvious too. Donald Trump keeps referencing the Civil War, like not a Civil War, but he keeps like so many speeches he's done recently. He just keeps he just keeps bringing up Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War. That's just weird. And it's all subliminal. It's all subliminal programming. You know, the more the more news headlines you read every day about the Civil War, you're just thinking about it. Like the revelation of the method is a non-biblical thing. So like. It, I don't believe that they have to, they have to tell us. I think this is their clever way of initiating us into their. No, I don't think it's that they have to tell us. I've never bought that. People are like, oh, they have to tell us. Oh, they have to. Oh, who's making them do that? No one has to tell you anything. They're telling us. So it comes into our psyche so that we make it happen. That's how demons work. Yeah. I mean, it affects social reality. Like the way people behave, which does have a, I guess you'd call it manifesting type power behind it. But it's. Well, you think about it, you start to see it. It's like when you start, people start obsessing with like, like when you first wake up, you start seeing numbers and synchronicities everywhere because you're like looking for it because it's on your mind, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyway, you can't please okay. everyone. So we can yeah. move on to the next question. Yeah. Number 17. Are you a preterist? Do you believe the rapture is real or fake? Not a preterist. I'm a historicist. There's a difference. Preterism was also created at the same time futurism was. The future say everything's still got to happen. So they took two extreme routes, right, to kind of please everyone. Right. But the historicists are in the middle and say, yeah, a lot did happen, but there's still stuff to come. Okay, yeah. So the so, preterists uh, believe that all prophecy is complete. But that would mean Jesus is here. They have some weird belief about that where it's like, yeah, we're just... I, I don't even know. I, I've heard it before. I, it's just like, obviously he's not because people are still crying. Where's the collecting of the tears, you know? Where's the animals being at peace with each other? Where's the New Jerusalem? Like, then they'll tell you some crazy stuff about how New Jerusalem is just people. And I'm like, why would he describe the dimensions of a city? Anyways. Yeah, exa- <laughs> yeah exactly. And read your Bible. So do you believe the rapture is real or fake? I'll answer this first. Um, I believe that the pre-tribulation rapture 
is a fake scription thing that um, was created by John Darby in 1830. And if we're in a different place in tribulation now that we're saying like most of that already happened, then the pre-tribulation rapture like missed the boat. Like you get what I'm saying? But uh, this rapture of the church that happens when Jesus comes, I do believe in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the rapture before great tribulation, well, easy to debunk if great tribulation <laughs> yeah. already happened. Also, also if you still aren't fully sold on the on the idea that great tribulation already happened, then when the fake one comes, why would you get to just skip that? That's like the whole reason you're here as a Christian is to suffer for the sake of the truth and preach the gospel during the end time. So would it make sense for you to just go away? Like Kara said, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. What you just made is a really good point. It's like when we really need the people, everybody, followers of Christ to talk about Jesus, you're just going to leave? Yeah. Do you even love him if you're not willing to like die for him? Like, I don't care about getting raptured at all. Like, I know. I, I don't I ever, I don't I, even think about that. I mean, we're going to have to die either way. Like, just. I would be upset. I'd be like, dang, I kind of wanted to like see it all play out. But. Um, right. It's like the best. It's like the high point of a movie and then you just leave. Yeah. So like, I don't think it's obviously it's not pre-trib. Mid-trib wouldn't make sense either. Um, but I do believe that there is a rapture like event. Like it's never called rapture in the Bible, but there is a transforming in the twinkling of an eye. We're caught up in the air when Jesus Christ actually returns the second coming. I think it'll be like right before Armageddon, um, which is different than you know, all the other stuff in the end times. But um, there's something else about the rapture. Oh, just like the the whole idea that Hollywood backs it should give you a red flag. You know, like all the left behind stuff with Nicolas Cage. Like, And those movies just traumatize kids. And then you look into Tim LaHaye, the guy who like wrote the books, um, just sketchy, Freemason, Jesuit connections, all that same crap we've been talking about. So it becomes really obvious eventually. Um, once you kind of just like, I don't know, I'm trying to give people the bigger picture because once you have the bigger picture, everything falls into it really coherently, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think we're definitely, I, I feel like the big picture is coming through in this. And that's the whole point of this Q&A is really to give clarity because this is a really complex thing topic that we're talking about in all of these that's why it's split into so many episodes because they're almost like each in their own a whole topic but this is like yeah. three years of research that you were doing this isn't just like a quick little thing, right yeah. you know and the next question you're really gonna like which fathers and saints in eastern orthodoxy have already talked about the coming deception and maybe you just want to mention a couple because probably there's been a lot um, Father Sarah from Rose, he's not technically, I don't think he's been sanctified, but he talked about the charismatic revival that would happen towards the end and the, and the UFOs and all that stuff. Um, other than that, there is a book called, um, I think the coming deception, which was written like back in the 1500s. I think like, this is another thing I need to, uh, do, do more research on. Like I've read about this, but I haven't memorized it all. Like, you know, right. Right. Um, well, it's pretty new to you, too. I mean, this is like yeah, a couple yeah. months ago you started studying the saints, maybe in December. Well, yeah, all the stuff I was reading about, like, through David Nikai Wilcoxon's research about um, the the enemy's Daniel deception, the enemy's fake end time script, all that stuff. He was, t he was referencing a ton of books um, by ancient theologians. And I guess you, I mean, I don't like Martin Luther anymore, but I guess you could even consider him one of the people that talked about this because he was the one that called the Catholic Church um, 
the whore of Babylon. He was one of the people that did that, and that's why they all left the Catholic Church and started the Reformation. However, the Vatican's Counter-Reformation really did a number on <laughs> all the theologies of the resulting denomination. So, anyways. Yeah, the 40,000. <clears throat> Next question, um, question 20. What do you think happens when we die? How does your life on Earth impact your afterlife? Can I answer this? Okay. I believe that when we die, um, our soul separates from our body because the physical body is what we're living in right now to exist in this physical dimension that we're all called reality. But I kind of see the body as like rented um, from God. God created it, and it's a vessel that allows our soul to exist here to have this experience. But the flesh wears out every day. The flesh is dying out each day, but the soul is renewed each day. And when you believe in Jesus um, and that that is the way to God, that Jesus makes that payment for that rented body that we are sinning in, that we're basically not doing a good job with that rented body. But that body dies, and then in your death, your soul if you believe in God, you go to, to God. If you believe in Jesus, it takes you to God, your soul, to what Abraham's bosom, I guess, for the in-between time. But since time doesn't exist where God is, it kind of makes me wonder if you just kind of go straight to the kingdom. I don't know. Um, and then I guess, you know, if you don't believe in God, then you go to hell. But I'm kind of like not, you know, I'm at this place now where I am thinking like, is hell just an existence without God? So maybe that just means to be without God for eternity. So you either are with God for eternity with your soul or you're without God for eternity, which is hell. I mean, there's a, I'm not going to go into it. People should just look it up, but there's a whole different Orthodox interpretation of hell that I find really interesting where it's like the closer a person gets to God, God being like a sun in this metaphor, the closer we get to the light of that sun um, as God returns to this earth. Um, the rays become stronger and stronger and stronger. And the closer he gets, the more um, a person who loves God will feel in heaven. But the more a person who hates God or doesn't want to be with him or have anything to do with him, they'll feel more burnt and in hell by this sun's rays. Um, but anyways, there's a lot of theological debates about what happens during the afterlife. Um, I don't think that our thoughts create our own afterlife. I think our thoughts can create our own near-death experiences, but those are spiritual delusions that happen in the astral realm, in my opinion. Um, <clears throat> but beyond that, there's debates about what actually happens immediately after death. And I I could be 100% wrong, but I'm pretty sure what I believe is that we stay asleep in the ground until the resurrection, until that rapture event, where we're all brought back to life for the final judgment. And during that final judgment, that's when it's decided if people go to heaven or hell. However, when Jesus returns, it says that every knee will bow. Um, and I think there will be a lot of people that are changed in an instant. How could you not, how could you still deny God when you see him coming in the clouds? So I have no idea who's going to heaven and hell, but I don't think there's anyone in heaven or in hell yet. Some people say the saints, some people say the saints are in paradise right now, um, which makes sense because they have received uh, the gift of immortality. So they're not dead. They're in this paradise place kind of watching us and cheering us on if you believe the Orthodox. But what are you going to say? I love everything you're saying right now. I, I just, I really, I like how you're describing it. I like the story about like getting too close to the sun and the sun like being God. And if you want that, it feels great. But if you're denying it, it feels horrible. But then also 
um, how you are just describing about Judgment Day and everything, and that how the Bible does tell us that every knee will bow when Jesus, like, eventually, like, that makes me wonder, like, does that mean everybody gets saved? Like, that, I haven't really studied that in that way, but it, it kind of brings that thought up to me. Yeah, universalism, where everyone's saved in the end, that's like, people, some some say that's heretical or whatever, and, you know, right. like... Well, um, someone from one of the 40,000 denominations, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus did say he came to save the entire world, so, you know, I wonder, too. I have no, I, I can't judge someone else's salvation, I have no idea. Um, but I do think hell was not like, God has no desire to send people to hell. I don't think it was created for people like us. I think it was created for people like Bill Gates and Barack Obama. So <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's for regular people who are just doing regular sins. I think it's but maybe for they're just possessed by a demon. And so hell is actually for those demons that are possessing them. And then their souls, whatever they are, God, maybe God loves them too. Well, yeah, that was, everyone, right? because, oh, okay. that was the joke because that was the joke that was created. For, <laughs> Here was created I am defending Bill Gates. And, ah! It was created for the fallen angels, not for humans. I saw uh, trusting Bill Gates for medical advice is like trusting Jeffrey Epstein with your daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I mean, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard this meme at this point, but it's like Bill Gates didn't even stop a virus from getting on his own computer. Is what makes you think he could stop a virus? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's a good one. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh, what a nerd. All right. Question twenty question twenty one. How do Jesus' teaching align with yoga and the transformative use of sexual energy? I could barely read that without laughing. They don't at all. Yoga is a Hindu practice where you're honoring the Hindu. Is it Hindu or Hindi? I always mix, mix that up. My apologies. Where you're honoring the. Sorry, I'm apologizing to the Hindi gods, which may just be demons. Um, language, apology I think, removed. It's a Hindu practice. Uh, doesn't Jesus probably didn't do that. You know, I doubt he did yoga because he didn't honor false gods. Um, he was God. God would never do that. And the the transformative use of sexual energy, like I'm not really into this transformative use of sexual energy. That reminds me of sex magic, which reminds me of magic, which reminds me of something that's being used on humanity as a weapon against us. So, Well, it's the new age stuff. It's the Gnostic stuff. Totally. It's, it all goes into like the Essenes, right? Like everyone says like, oh, the Essenes were the most ancient Christians and they weren't. They were the most ancient heretics that, <laughs> no, I'm being serious. And the Christians were constantly fighting. Just the, against just the, the term, they were the most ancient heretics is funny. <laughs> yeah. They're like, dude, quit coming into our schools and corrupting, you know, our students' minds and stuff because there was ancient like Christian schools in Alexandria, like started by the apostle Mark himself. Like, um, like that stuff's super interesting to me. I'm, you know, we'll probably do an episode at some point about like church history and everything like that. But no, they were constantly fighting with the Essenes. They were fighting with like the Mithraic mystery cults, you know, who are taking the Eucharist and turning it into their own rituals and stuff like that. Like this has all already been addressed. Like this is nothing new under the sun. And, um, you know, if, if you believe in this like false light versus darkness stuff, the Luciferians versus the Satanists, whatever. I think the Essenes and the Pharisees are the same thing as the Black Lodge and the White Lodge. It's the same Illuminati war that's been going on for all time. The Essenes like believed in so much different stuff, like reincarnation, and in order to like channel their past lives, they had reincarnation. Yeah, they had to do like sex magic rituals in order to channel their past lives, and all this just like crazy oh, stuff. Oh gosh, that's and it's um, wild. Yeah. So I mean, and then just like my number one thing is like, bro, it's being promoted on Gaia that like Jesus wasn't a scene, like. 
There's your red flag. Did you know Gaia rebranded in 1996 from Gaia I.M.? Or Ga, Ga I.M. That was the name of yeah, I actually did because um, my friend is obsessed with St. Germain and the I Am movement and how it's like a huge part of QAnon and how it's like a huge part of the New Age. St. Germain and, holds that seven ray flame, which uh, General uh, Michael Flynn made his speech on. So that makes sense. Connected yeah, and that QAnon. all comes right out of like Blavatsky and Alice Bailey stuff, like Luciferianism. Right. Question 22. Whose plan is it to start a religious movement, you or God? <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I really believe I'm doing what he wants me to do, and I'm doing it kind of reluctantly. Sometimes it's exciting and fun, and I get passionate about it. Other times it is really a burden and annoying and yeah, there's a, plenty of other things I wish I could be doing. I wish I could not even be on the internet and like do anything else. But yeah, I mean, I know this. I know this. Like, questions intend to be snarky, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that like I'm just doing this um, for no reason. Like, right. other, like, like it wasn't random. Like, I didn't just wake up one day and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna <laughs> become like this." Is three years in the making after I almost died and had horrible traumatic experiences. And yeah, you've, you can vouch for me on that. Too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, totally. And like, I, I, I would say like, people would ask me when I first gave my testimony, like, are you doing this because you think you're going to sell more books as a Christian or that your testimony, your story is more interesting now? And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, to me, like Jesus was always the nerdiest thing ever, the worst thing to ever talk about. Christianity is so triggering. Why would I want to be part of that group? Like I was like this psychedelic girl who I thought was kind of was pretty cool or whatever, like doing my own thing. I'm like into the occult and the magic and having these crazy experiences. And I could have gone and talked about all that. Now I'm talking about Jesus. Why would I like I did it because it was real because it actually happened like this is yeah. a, it's been a harder walk this way too and the refinement process which is truly a blessing from god is a gift that you get when you're saved it's so hard it's a hard a lot harder walking like a walk with jesus um than not but the reward is eternal for your soul and everlasting and nothing is greater than that yeah i mean i did not even want to tell people i was a christian that was part of the reason for my like three-year radio silence you know that played into it um other than like PTSD and stuff like that, I did not want to talk about it at all. I was afraid. I thought that people would, um, you know, hate me for it. And because it's such a 180. However, I waited so freaking long out of being, a, I guess, kind of a coward. <laughs> I was afraid to talk about it. I waited so long that just so happens when I finally reached my testimony, like, now everyone's a Christian. So <laughs> that's I know. Just, it's like the cool thing now. We like, maybe you did start a movement. Well, people can, people can like, you know, do the receipts, you know, they can check the receipts and see this isn't random. Like you can go back to the dude cast in 2020 where me and you are like, I have a suspicion all this is bullshit. And like, I know. <laughs> it's all about Jesus. I like, we, we weren't fully sold back then, but we were like starting to question, which is so crazy to have, um, documented like that moment. Exactly. It is crazy. It's, it's, but that's God, you know, he, he, he gave us receipts. Mm-hmm. All right. So next question, twenty-three. Are dinosaurs real? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like these fun questions. Yeah. 
I'll just start by saying that there's never been a full dinosaur skeleton discovered. There's bits and pieces that are all kept in the Smithsonian, and every skeleton that you see of a dinosaur in a museum is plaster and a replica. And yeah, I think there's been a whole bunch of fake history made in order to discredit, you know, biblical history. You know, they, they say the Earth's like a bajillion years old and that there's a bajillion other life forms that started off as single cell organisms and turned into frogs and then monkeys and then people. <laughs> Sorry, joke. It's true. That's like what they say. But we know Darwin. I just think of Joe Rogan when you say that because he's like um, pushes the monkey evolution theory and he look like he's got like that monkey like art and stuff. Yeah. But, gives it away. <laughs> gives it away, guys. Come on. You know, Darwin was a Freemason. We know that a lot of um, other like people behind the enlightenment period, right? The Renaissance, um, these were all alchemists and Jesuits that were, you know, creating all these concepts like gravity and the Copernican model of the um, solar system. Um, There's just so much stuff that has been fed to us within only the last 500 years to put us in a whole new reality that is more nihilistic and more vast and scary and terrifying and just endless than God's original creation. And even like all the other religions talk about um, like an enclosed system, like a, like a smaller, younger universe. <clears throat> but, and, and one of them, that's just like more understandable, but yeah, like I feel like we've been indoctrinated with a whole bunch of theories. Um, with that being said, I do believe dragons are real. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. And like the behemoth and even unicorns, like mythical creatures in the Bible, I do believe in. But the Bible doesn't talk about, um, you know, I sound like a person in a cult, but I, I just believe there's so much fake stuff that we've been taught in only the last couple hundred years that have completely warped our view on the world. And it's put us in a more nihilistic, godless mindset. So there's a clear agenda. What about the Le- the Leviathan? Do you think that that's connected to the dinosaur? I think that there was giant sea monsters, and it probably still is. Um, there's even stories about cryptids of like um, that look like dinosaurs in like the Amazon rainforest and stuff. Like I like the behemoth seems like a dinosaur to me. Could be the Nephilim. This could be more creatures that we just don't know about because we live in cities and we're not constantly exploring the bottom of the ocean or the depths of every rainforest you know so right there's all that land in canada who knows that's probably where they're storing the giants yeah <laughs> all right final question is for you and for me uh what church does nick attend and what church does kara attend so i am trying to be orthodox i'm in the process of becoming a catechumen um i've only been to a few meetings with my priests um because i just got out of my old Baptist church. So I am in the process of switching over and yeah, so I haven't been like baptized Orthodox or anything like that yet. I haven't even gotten to take the Eucharist, which I really want to, but it's takes a while, I guess I have been talking with this priest. Like I said, um, just about like, are you really prepared? Do you really believe this? And I'm like, I don't think he knows how serious I am and how much I do. No, he hasn't it. met you if he doesn't know how serious you are as a person. But I think he thinks I'm crazy because I like well, just. <laughs> then maybe he has met you. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yeah, I, I think he just like has a different perception of me or something than I hoped. Like I, I don't think he 
thinks that I know what Orthodox theology is. And if I'm like just going to quit and do something else like 30 days in or something, you know what I mean? Right. Just a fact. Like, no, I'm pretty convinced that this is like the denomination that I agree with. Cause I've been to charismatic Baptist Lutheran, like all these, not every single denomination, but you know, I've tried um, a fair share yeah, Before. but it's just another denomination, and we kind of said, like, there's just, there's Jesus's church, the original, and then there's all the denominations, and orthodoxy would be one, right? hmm But then we also said that it doesn't really matter what denomination, if you just believe in Jesus, that's the important thing, because we could argue about semantics and the differences in denominations all day, and we'll just be arguing with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Right, and I don't want to argue about what's the truest and oldest church. <laughs> Sorry, I'm yeah. being religious, but uh, if I... <laughs> Just I when it works it, for you. Yeah. I do think it's important to find your family. And I just couldn't find my family among people that were running around, speaking in tongues and falling on the floor. And I couldn't find <laughs> them among people who were telling me that I was going to hell for yeah. not a disciple to someone. And, you know, like, like pastors tell me I don't even believe in God. That's crazy. Because I have ideas that are not sola scriptura. It's like, what, is, how, and what is sola scripture for anybody who doesn't know? Um, we talked about it in previous podcasts, but it's just the idea that you but can. This is the only... clarification podcast, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can only read the Bible. You can only read the books that Martin Luther decided were correct, and that's just nonsense because Jesus was walking around the Septuagint, which had apocryphal texts in it. Also, Solomon became the wisest man in the world without a Bible at all. It just doesn't make any sense. Like if the Holy right, Spirit with, got- and I was saved and I had never read the Bible. Yeah, and there was a philosopher turned Christian who had a similar experience, and people yelled at him too. Um, so, but yeah, okay. Like people in certain churches wouldn't even listen to like my stories about. Like I had a traumatic experience with UFOs and stuff like that, and um, but also like amazing experiences that were God seemingly guided me synchronistically and like because none of that was in the bible it was all satan and i was just a crazy person and it's like how can you say that like i'm obviously here at church declaring that i believe in jesus but anyways kara okay yeah so i go to austin ridge bible church in texas here in austin texas and it took me a while to feel comfortable going to a church because I've I had so many skepticisms about it. I was actually guided to not go to church at first. You know, all the churches are corrupt, like stay away. And and I don't believe you're going to find a perfect church. I don't believe you're going to find a perfect human either, just Jesus. But unfortunately, we don't have him here literally in this moment. Well, he is. God is with us all the time. But you get what I'm saying. Anyways, I love my church. Um, So that's the church I go to is Austin Ridge Bible Church. You know, it's interesting that you brought up how your church believes in, like, the Trinity and stuff like that, right? Right. And every Protestant church will tell you they believe the same thing, which is just funny because they also believe in Sola Scriptura, but the Trinity is not in the Bible. That was something decided by a council of church fathers, and they also say they believe in the Council of Nicaea. Also not in the Bible, right? So, like, all these people that say they're Sola Scriptura are not even Sola Scriptura. It's all really contradictory. I'm being a religious jerk right now, but <laughs> it's just true. Um, well, the however, Trinity are each the Holy Spirit, the Father, and Jesus, which are the Trinity, are all brought up in the Bible. But are you you're saying that they're not brought up together? Like this is the Trinity and explained really clearly. Yeah, like this is the Trinity, guys. Like right. they people just like <laughs> figured it out, and then like 
But every Protestant church will be like, yes, we believe in the Holy Trinity. We believe in the Council of Nicaea, stuff that's not in the Bible, blah, 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 blah. Mm, but, mm-hmm. Right. When it, when it works, they're not sola scripture. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say, despite all my problems and my religious attitudes, uh, orthodox elitism, I did enjoy going to your church. Um, I loved your pastor. And yeah, you can find God in any church. Um, but yeah, my there's so much spiritual warfare and stupid stuff going on. My headphones are like literally about to explode. So I love you guys. <laughs> All right. We love you too, Nick. I think we just heard Nick disappear into the ethers. Um, thank you everybody for following us along on this series, the fake apocalypse and the false gospel of churchianity. Part four will be coming in a week um, or so. And for now, we hope you got some clarification um, in this episode. Thank you for being our friends. If you want more Let's Be Friends, head on over to the Let's Be Friends podcast website. Sign up for the friendship membership. It keeps the show running ad-free and sponsor-free. And you get like 50-plus bonus episodes. Love you all. Have a great day. Bye. I woke up this morning with the sun down shining in him. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped in. See what condition my condition was in. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, what condition my condition was in. I pushed my soul in a deep dark hole and then I followed it in. I watched myself crawling out. As I was crawling in I got up so tight I couldn't unwind I saw so much I broke my mind I just dropped in To see what condition My condition was in